Jason. As it is each and every week, the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Hey, it's still October. Do you know what October is? Uh, it's, oh, I know what it is. It's fall. It is true. It is fall, but it is safety month in the window treatment world. It is, and you can make your shades and shade process safer by automating them. It's better for the children, it's better for your pets, and it's better for your energy bill. And it's honestly, it's better for you to get ahead on the all hail, our robot shade overlords. Get in early so you have a f- space at the front of the line, not the back of the line. So if you are ready to make your home more efficient and safer, go see our good friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. Hello and welcome to this Friday Conversation edition of the Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast. I am your host, Nick Parker, and today I have a returning guest, Hans. Hans Kochman. Kochman? Coachman? Koshman. Koshman. Close. You'd think that we're friends and I would know that. You just call me Hans. That's okay. I, ju- I do. I just call you Hans. Sometimes I call you Pastor Hans. You're not my Hans. You're not my pastor. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Hans, welcome back to the show. We met about, I'm going to say two years ago. That sounds that, about right. right. Yeah. You were on uh, the, the Town Hall podcast as a part of the Lee Summit Ministerial Alliance. Yep. And we talked a little bit about that group and what you do in the community. And your big event is coming back up. Yes. In about four weeks. Less than that. Uh, it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving is our community Thanksgiving service. Wow. Yeah. That is that is coming up. I don't really want to talk about that this time. Um, <laughs> New I, topic. Yeah, I want to talk about you, actually. I I, I pulled you aside a couple weeks ago. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about you. You are the minister, the reverend, the pastor yes. at, at the Lutheran Church in Lee Summit. Is it, I, I said the, but one of a few, right? That is true. We are the only of the ELCA Lutheran churches in Lee Summit. Can you tell me what ELCA means? Yeah, it stands for Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We are the largest of all Lutheran denominations in the country, and we are we span coast to coast. We have about three million plus members, and so we are really diverse, large congregations and small congregations and country churches and city churches and all kinds of people. And your church is located where? Uh, here in Lee Summit, by off of Blue Parkway and Ward. So if you know where Quick Trip is off of 50 Highway, we're close to that. There you go. Well, and the reason I kind of pulled you aside that I wanted to talk to you a little bit is is I am an old newspaper guy, and there was a time for newspapers when the church section, the faith pages, were a big deal. And that was a part of, of, of a community service where the churches could put their, their service listings out, all, other events were there, and, and there, was, there was content from some of the churches. That's kind of all gone away a little bit as – as the internet's taken over. And so everybody has their own Facebook page. Everybody has their own website. They've got texting groups. They've got all the other social media things. So that part really isn't as necessary as it used to be. But I am still curious and I still wonder about the role that churches play in the community. So that's a little bit why I wanted to to pull you aside and, and, and talk to you some. But first, before we get there, I want to talk a little bit about who you are and, and how you got here to Lee Summit because you have an interesting story. You're from, I'm not sure where, because you've told me about being from Detroit, about being from the East Coast, about being from Berkeley. So how did you get to Lee Summit? Yeah. 
So for those who are hearing the podcast and not watching on YouTube, I have my Detroit Tigers cup here. I told you that's not allowed. Uh, and also you can't bang the table. I'm just discovering this too. Yeah. All the rules. Um, so my dad's from Detroit. My mom's from Buffalo. So I'm a hardcore Tigers fan. I was born in Florida. I grew up in New Hampshire. I went to college in North Carolina. I went to a seminary in Berkeley, California, lived in Los Angeles also and lived in San Diego. And then the bishop drafted me. We call that the placement meeting, but it's the draft for Lutheran pastors and said, Hey, how about what, were you first round, second round draft? They don't tell you. And it's kind of a good thing. <laughs> So, yeah, I'll, let you, I'll leave it at that. Um, but it was a complete surprise. I did not have any connection with this area, with the bishop, anything until the draft. And they said, Hans, come on out. And I interviewed and I fell in love with the congregation. So I've been all over. I've also spent a little bit of time in northern Virginia, in New Jersey. So I've been on both coasts all over the place. And now we're here with my family. You said you went to college on the East Coast and then you went to seminary on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Was was church was going to the ministry? Was that always your thing? I mean, did, was it like you did an undergrad and then seminary was a was a master's program, or what's that? What's that path like? Because this is all very foreign to yeah. me. And even the church I grew up into is, is is lay priesthood, so they're not professional, they're not paid priesthood. So all of it is foreign to 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 my perspective. So so was this your thing all along? Yeah, I can share about. So I went to college. I would deliberately went to a very conservative Christian college, a Baptist college in North Carolina, because I wanted that intensive community dedicated to Christianity. Being in a public school in New England definitely did not have that intensity or the openness of the faith. And so I wanted to go to a Christian college for that reason. Uh, my parents were not too uh, keen on the idea at first. They, they, they were more skeptical, like, Hans, are you sure you really want it? Was, was that skepticism because of the de- denomination or skepticism because, because it was me? so conservative? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we're, look, look, you and I are friends, so we know each other, and I'm going to guess that your mother had the same skepticism that my mother had, which it's really about you. But, but I mean, was that, was that based on denomination? Was it based on that you said it was just a very conservative Christian school? I, what, what was that skepticism on? Uh, I think part of it was the, the conservatives, conservativeness of it. Um, and so my parents were, you know, growing up, we were a Republican household and we went to church, but, um, a lot of it was also, is this what you really want to do? And do you want to get a degree in it? Is that marketable or is that going to be beneficial later? The very practical thoughts, my parents have basically, if we're helping you pay for college, don't waste your money on a useless degree, <laughs> which is something I'm very proud of So they of wanted today. to make sure that, that, that you yes. were going to make a living at whatever it is you went for. Yeah. So I actually did, I started out with a double major in religion and political science. So that wow. was really fun. And it's it really, it's interesting. A lot of the same skills and usage were in both. How you treat a document, how do you read and parse meaning and find usefulness out of a document were used in both programs. It was fantastic. So at 18, 19 years old, did you know you wanted to preach? You wanted to to lead a congregation? Was that yeah. was that already in your head? So no, I actually did not want to go to the ministry. I really, at first I was like, you know, ministry is just kind of fun. I, was, I enjoyed religion because I enjoyed the topic. I enjoyed politics. At first I was thinking, you know, I want to go and be a corporate lawyer. And I volunteered at the church. That seems like the least religious thing you can do. Or have a podcast and Lee Summit? Well, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, so <laughs> I really wanted to be a corporate lawyer. I wanted to go and like have a fancy office with a high-paying job and a slick suit. I love politics and thought maybe go in that avenue. And so I, in college, I would go back home to my conservative Lutheran church, which was the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, LCMS. Um, and I would go and I'd volunteer. And every 
Christmas break, every summer I'd go back, I'd be involved. And my involvement grew to the point where I was an intern. And then the last summer before my senior year, I was actually a paid interim youth pastor, interim youth director. And that was just a great experience. And the whole time I prayed, God, take this way. I don't want this. Take this way. Shut the door. Make it clear to me I shouldn't go into ministry so I can do something else that's marketable and beneficial for the world. And basically the answer was nope. The longer I served, the more I was involved, the more it was clear, this is my calling. This is what I should be doing. And I did get to preach a little. Uh, the emphasis in the Lutheran Church is not always just on preaching. We talk about word and sacrament. So it's the worship service, it's the baptisms, it's the communion, and also preaching. So they're both of equal value. So getting to preach as a college student in my church was a wonderful opportunity. It was a great gift that not everyone gets to do before seminary. So I went to a very conservative Christian uh, college. It was a great experience, had great friends, had a great education. And then I went to the opposite coast, the left coast, to Berkeley, California, the very liberal heart of America, if you will. So progressive and so different. And I wanted that. I wanted to go to someplace completely different than what I had already experienced. And I got that. I'm curious. You, you said, I want to do something beneficial to the world. So take the church part out of it for me. That's what you said you were praying, yeah. right? Was there a moment when you realized maybe this can be Absolutely. beneficial to the world? Absolutely. And it was through my time serving as a, a volunteer and as, in, as a youth intern and all that, I got to see how it could be beneficial. So it was it was one of those things that you saw in the practice of it. I didn't sit down one day and just thought, I'm going to become a pastor. It was more <laughs> like, God, really? And even still to my friends who I grew up with who went to high school with me, they're like, you really became a pastor? Or like, really, you, Hans? Like, Yep. It's pretty amazing. So, all right. So, what was that like? What's that? I, 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 here's where here's where the the cynic and the skeptic in me is 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 is. What's that like when you realize there's there's a calling? There's there is this is gonna be my my thing. Was there is there a moment? Is it is it a gradual thing where it just you kind of settle into it, or, or or was there kind of kind of a moment where you're like I'm I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do this. This is what I need to do. For me, it was it was gradual. Uh, it was absolutely gradual. It came from the experience of the classroom, and I got to preach on weekends in Baptist churches throughout North Carolina, and I also got the experience in my home congregation. So those things, it really was a gradual thing that led up to it. Um, but it's great that, you know, the calling, and, and as a Christian, I think everyone has a calling. Everyone has a vocation. That, that's really at the heart of Lutheranism, that we are all called by God now, some are called into ministry, some are called to be a teacher, some are called to be, you know, work in sanitation, some people are called to work in the city, some people are work, called to serve in the military. So everybody has a vocation, and we need to do our vocation as best as we can as a Christian for the good of everyone, for the good of the community and for God's kingdom. Well, that's that's actually where I want to get to now is the, you just said, for the good of the community. So as, as a local minister at, for a community church, what what role do you have? I, I guess you know. I want to compare your role with your. You, you told me off air before we started that you have about three hundred people in your congregation. Yep, and you get a hundred some kind of on a regular basis. Yeah, on a Sunday service. So, what is your role with them? And then, what is the role of that church for the broader for community for the community of ninety seven thousand one hundred thousand people? Is what is that connection like? Yeah, so that. So there's kind of two points that I'll, I'll take the first one um, was my role with the congregation and with the community, that community of Martin Luther Lutheran church. Uh, 
being a pastor is really a jack of all trades. So yes, there's preaching, there's worship leading, there's also administration, there's leadership, there is teaching. Um, I'm very proud to say that hopefully my Catholic friends are listening. We do a joint Lutheran Catholic Bible study every week at Holy Spirit Catholic Church. Just a little plug, if you're not doing anything, 10.30 a.m. on <laughs> Wednesday, come join the Lutheran Always Catholic recruiting. Bible study. Always. Uh, so I love the teaching aspect of it, but there's also pastoral care. Uh, walking with people in their times of grief and their times of need, and also in their times of joy and celebration, baptisms and weddings and those kinds of functions too. So as a minister, it is so varied. It is so wide-ranging. And from week to week, different experiences. Every week is probably different. So that's kind of fun. I want to ask you a question, and this is uh, one other time on this on this podcast. I've, I've interviewed another minister, um, Hubert Neth, yeah. who, who just last week, his final service... As, I've heard. Uh, I asked him to explain and to describe what it was he did. And he gave me one word. He said, I love. And I am not even going to try to really describe what he meant because we got into a conversation after that. And I am nowhere near as eloquent as he is. Um, and I'm also going to use that as a, hey, go back and listen to an old episode. <laughs> Hubert Nath is awesome. We love Hubert Nath, by the way. Uh I'm going to make a shameless plug here. So in the ELCA Lutheran, we are in full communion with the Methodists, the Presbyterians, the Episcopalians, the UCC, the Moravians, the Brethren. So we are in a wider range of communion partners. And Pastor Nath is one of our communion partners, and I celebrate what he does. And I kind of warn a little bit that he's kind of done preaching. That kind of hurts a little bit for, for Lee Summit. It, it's a little it's a little hard. So, so, but I want, to, I want to hear your response. So if I say, what is it that you do every day? As a minister, what do you do for people? Gosh, and I can't use uh, yeah. Nath's answer, so that, that yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, you can't you can't oh, steal his. You can't, you can't look off his paper. Ditto. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, how would you how would you describe your job? So, in a, just a basic one word. No, you can okay. have more words. Okay. You, you don't have to be as as awesome as he is. <laughs> I'm not as awesome as he is. First of all, that's not going to happen. But uh, uh, the first, and just the first word pops up is servant. Uh, because I serve the gospel, I serve under the auspice of the bishop, I serve God's kingdom, and I obviously serve Martin Luther Lutheran Church. I serve with the people, and I serve for the people. And that's one of the great hallmarks of Lutheranism is that it's a mutual understanding. We are with each other, and we serve each other, but we also serve God's kingdom. And so the people often ask, ask, like, who's your boss? Well, God, obviously. But people are like, oh, isn't the bishop your boss? No. What about, what about your council? No, but the council is not my boss because I'm with council, but I also serve. I report to them, but I also serve with them. And my bishop, I serve the bishop. I serve the congregation, but also we work together. And I love the piety. I love the model that we have in the Lutheran Church. It's probably the best out there, but, you know, I'm, I'm You're a little biased. biased. A little biased. Uh, so I love the fact that we serve together for God's kingdom. And so everything I do really is for service for God's kingdom, whether it be pastoral care of somebody who's sick, going to a hospital visit, whether it be preparing for a baptism, whether it be preparing for a, a sermon or a Bible study, everything is oriented towards service of how do we build up the kingdom for one another and for what God has called us to that day. And the reason I like service is because you're faithful to that. There's a great quote from uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer where he says, only he who obeys believes and only he who believes obeys. Oh, did I reverse that right? But it's a funny word but because there's the interlocking of obeying and believing. So you can't obey and you can't serve unless you believe and you can't believe unless you're obeying and serving. 
I, I like the and, and 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 I'm going to show my ignorance, my biblical ignorance, right. ignorance here. There there is a passage about be of service. How may yeah. I be of service to you? And I and I wish I could remember that now, but I I don't. <laughs> but I want to dig into the just just the word a little bit because I th- I think that's a, I think that's a key word. It's one of my one of my favorite things to say is 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 just to kind of when I want to reset myself and, and, and start things over, it's how may I be of service, whether that's, yeah. whether that's in my business to, you know, for, for clients, whether that's as a neighbor, how can I be of service? So, so I'm, I'm curious what it means to you. And, and you do, like you said, you work with, with and for a lot of different people at different levels, place, yeah. levels and places. Yeah. Um, so when you think of that word, if, if, if I were to say Hans, yes, how how will you be of service to the community? What what kind of things float through your head? Uh, the first thing is actually it's a the biblical image of the waiter. When you go to a restaurant and you have a table server, you have a waiter or waitress, right? That is the Greek word for that is deacon, diakonos, and that is the basis for deacons because they served the Lord's table. And I always think of the old guy at the back of the church. Who smokes? No, no. <laughs> The true deacon is somebody who, who waits upon God's table and serves the table. So when people would bring their gifts in, and it would be an actual item like chickens or eggs or rice or whatever it was, the deacons, the servers, would distribute that from the Lord's table to all those in need. And that's where deacons really came from, from in the biblical sense. And so I love that image of serving as going out from the Lord's table going out from where you are, from that place of gathering and worship, going outward and going out to serve the hungry, the needing, those who need that. Um, so the, the question that you had earlier kind of connected to this also. We didn't get to that second part of that question. No, we didn't. But the, here it is again. And so how do we connect in the community? How do we serve? Um, I'm really proud to say that Martin Luther Lutheran Church is deeply connected in Lee Summit. We are one of the, the charter churches behind Lee Summit Social Services. Uh, we are one of the congregations that helps extensively with Metro Luther Ministry. We've been involved with Coldwater. We've been involved with Bessie's House. I mean, if you name it, we've probably been there and helped with it. We're kind of the silent partners of the the Christian world. We are always out there helping, getting involved, getting our hands dirty, helping as best we can. And and, and just so that we don't forget this, you also are the home to to a a big nonprofit in the community. And that- One good meal. That is one one good, good meal. So- are there things you wish you you guys did more? Are there Every are day. there are, are, are you know There's so, so much so, yeah. Because you you churches all around the community are are, are you know we're, they're always reaching out. Mm-hmm. Let's bring in more people, let's let's connect more, but but are there places where I don't I don't I don't want this to sound as cynical as it probably is. <laughs> but are are there places where you wish you could connect with more to make more difference? More of a difference? Yeah. So, uh, so what I would take issue with with what you said about going out to serve to bring people in and to grow the church. Sadly, that is the you can't truth. take issue with me. <laughs> it's not allowed. As a friend, I can. But oh, okay, th- th- I take issue because that's exactly what the reality is. So many churches, so many pastors, they get out to serve in order to bring people in to grow their church. Is that is that be, is that because? There has to be a business side too. I mean, yeah. you've 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 got to bring in your your whether it's tithing, whether it's offering, you know, whatever. You've got to bring in a little bit to keep the lights on, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to build the building and keep mm-hmm. the building up to date. Is 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 that just where it's just it's just hard because you have to think about those things too? I mean, yeah. you you're a pastor, but you're also a CEO. I mean, yes. You do run a business. So the good thing is at our congregation, we're we're in a stable place. So. Um, from the regular offering of the membership, we are able to maintain the lights, the budget, the staff, everything. So 
Everything that goes above and beyond, we give back away. Uh, we give everything from Christmas Eve service away. Not a single penny stays from Christmas Eve. And I love that because it shows when you gather one most, one of the two most important days of the, of the whole year for Christians, we send all of that out. And I love that. And we send it to feeding the hungry through one good meal. And we usually find another nonprofit, usually in the world, that helps some way. So the answer to your question about like, yeah, we, we do help. But the goal should always be to go help because we are called to help, not because Jesus said, go bring them in and make them members. No, Jesus said, go make disciples. But we've kind of messed that up in the Christianity in America today. We think is that, about Is that not the same thing? No, they're totally different. Um, whew, this could be a long conversation. Uh, so, so the idea, obviously, is somebody who is a disciple is obviously someone who follows, who seeks, who is determined to be committed to Christ. To Jesus, whereas a member is has their membership in a congregation, and in that regard, membership is no different than membership in an Elks Club, in the VFW, in the Boy Scouts, or any other organization in the community, because it's membership. It is the dues. It is those involved. But there are people who are dedicated to Christ who are not in a church, and there are people who are members in church who probably might might not be disciples, and that's one of those scary things that pastors we preach about regularly of growing the discipleship and growing deeper in Christ, growing deeper in the faith to our own congregations. And it might sound like preaching the choir, but there are people who go to Sunday who just maybe go out of obligation. That's membership. As compared to going, I'm going to want to worship, I want to experience this, I want to experience the community so that I can be a better follower of Jesus. For you, what is that what is that that deeper relationship? And I and, and the thing I really want to get to there is is what are you trying to to impart? to maybe take someone who has been a member but you want them you want them to get to that that other that deeper level. Yeah. What 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 are you trying to impart to them? How are you trying to 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 lead them along, pull them along? N- the number one thing is lead by example. So I can't expect other people to do what I'm not already doing. So the basics, super basics, praying, uh reading your bible, serving in the community and encouraging and living out the faith for others. Not, not in a glorif- self glorification, but because that's what we should be doing. So those are super basic things, but that's kind of where we go for discipleship of these are where it starts of, are you praying? Okay. So are the, you the Bible? well, all right. All right. So here's, here's again where, and I'm probably, I might make you mad. I might make you other don't people make listening mad. upset. So this is, this is the, this is the cynic in me, right? Bring it. So praying, reading the Bible, showing up, but I understand the importance, right, that you put on that. But I can do that and it doesn't mean anything. So it's that it's that next part. I guess that, I guess that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for is, is, is what do you mean? What is that deeper relationship? What is that? Okay, those first three things are passive. I'm going to word this better now. Okay. Those first three things I look at as are passive with the exception of showing up because I think, Look, I always say this on this show. Decisions are made by those that show up. Showing up is is huge. It's key, yeah. But we all know there's a difference between showing up and sitting through every Sunday and showing up and being active. Yeah. So what is the active part? Because to to me, I think that's where the deeper comes in. So I would actually – I would disagree with you that those – they're not passive. Praying, reading the Bible, serving the community, getting involved and living out your faith, those are all incredibly active things. They're not passive. Um, what's amazing, so what theologically what sets Lutheranism apart from other 
other church branches is we have a very strong view of, of grace. We are saved by the grace of God. So justification by faith alone, by grace alone. We are justified, and it was a gift. And so in essence, you, people say, well, what do you need to do to be saved? No, 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 you're missing the whole question. The question is, because Jesus came, now what do we do? And people think, about, okay, I need to do this. No, no. Just embrace the fact that Jesus came for you and live that. Trust it. Believe it. And actually make it active. Don't make it passive. Live it. So don't just compartmentalize and put it away and say, okay, check the box with the Sunday service. Done for the week. No. Live it. Actually embrace it. Embrace the gift that has been given. Don't just say, okay, I got a gift for my wife. Eh, I don't really like it. I'm going to hide it in the back of the pantry and hope I never see it again. That's the, the opposite of what God wanted when God gave the gift. So for you... Personally, yeah. I'm just you. How do you how do you embrace that? How do you how do you make that an active role uh, uh, of living living what you what you believe what you yeah. see? What what is the, what does that look like for you? The number one thing is resisting my human urge to be lazy and to be passive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we joke about that because both of us are incredibly lazy people. So I can say that. Well, yeah, yeah. So you're just, not wrong. No, <laughs> and just resisting that human urge and say, okay, God, what do you want? What should I do, God? Now that I am, now that I've gotten this wonderful gift, what do I do now? It's so simple and it sounds so dumb and cheesy, but it's so foundational. And it really changes the way people look. Instead of, you know, saying, what do I need to do? You can say, okay, now, now I'm, this gift has been given. Okay, now I am. Now that changes everything. It changes the whole view of how you look at the world. So again, and, and you keep asking about that, like, what do you do? What do you do? How do you do? And for Lutherans, we cringe at that because it's not about what we do. <laughs> and that's why I said, okay, maybe those aren't passive things, but praying. But it, but isn't it isn't it really about what you do? I mean, isn't it always about action? Or is it about who you are? Well, but to be who you are requires an action, right? I mean, if I just sit here and watch the world, that might be who... I mean, if we say that's who I am, I mean, that's just me watching. That's just me sitting out. It's, it's a passive participation in the world. Yeah. So isn't it really about action, though? So I guess the question is, from which vantage point are we looking? Are we looking from the outside in or are we looking from the inside out? And the core of Lutheranism says, look from the inside out. As compared to what you're saying of you see people from and, – and Well, it's I, I, think, I, I, I guess I'm thinking about if you're if, – if you're thinking about you and I'm thinking about me, right? Whether that's whether that's oh, being part of part of a congregation, being part of a community, being part of a well, any community, right? So yeah. our community of residents, the community of people we work with, all of those things. If you're yeah. just thinking about, isn't it about action though? Isn't doesn't this all come down to what we do, how we act as a person? I don't want to get too Buddhist on you, but change but, comes go from ahead. within. Change comes from within, brother. And if But that's still an action. Is it? Yes. You're so Western. I like it. So you're all about action. You're all about what do they do and how can I categorize this? Well, I don't Instead know. Instead of the I don't question know. of who are you and what is your being? What is your essence? Who are you? We ask, what do you do? And, that's, and, and so in our culture, we are defined by what we do. When we meet somebody new, it's the first question is you get their name and you say, what do you do? Right? Well, unless you're in Southwest Missouri and then it's your name and where do you go to church? Again. What do you do? Yeah, well, I, yeah. I guess yeah. I guess I guess I am very much ab- about that. That the action, because I can say I'm a good person, and I can. But again, unless I unless I show, yeah, that I do good works, and again, that's about. I just I just changed it again to action, right? But aren't the good works? Aren't the good participation? Isn't 
isn't that the defining part? And maybe I'm just not seeing. So for, what, for, I'm not seeing the cards you're dealing. And you're not seeing the cards I'm dealing, but that's okay. And so again, again for Luther, Martin Luther changed the whole conversation. He flipped all the way around because medieval Christianity said exactly that. What do you do? And Luther flipped it completely around and said, "You are a child of God. That was a promise given. You can't say yes or no to that." That's the beautiful thing about Luther. And, of course, Calvin took it to the next step, but we won't get there tonight. <laughs> we'll save that for our Presbyterian friends. So by Luther completely reversing it, and, and the question now is, who are you? Not what do you do. The question is, who are you? And I would, and what you were asking, kind of pressing with this, I would say, yeah, the goal is always be consistent. What you believe and how you act should be consistent. So I'm wearing a button for those who can't see it today about I wear black on Thursdays. Even, even those watching, they can't see it because it's below the camera angle. See? <laughs> Oh man, we have too much fun. In this we want to we want to tie it on the oh, pastor's my gosh. face. Uh, but yeah, the- yeah, no, your button is interesting. I I, I like that that you came in and and you are making a statement. Yeah, and you know I, that was unintentional. Like my wife actually reminded me. Oh yeah, it's Thursday. We got wear black on Thursdays. Yes, absolutely, honey, because we want the consistency of what we believe to show outwardly. But that outward thing is not the focus. The first thing is who you are and what's on the inside. And that should be the focus. And the, the deeper question of where does that change come from? Who is that identity from? Gets the, exactly to what Lutheranism is because it's the promise given that nothing can separate that from who we are. And now the question is, do we actually live that? Do we actually show that? Well, right. You're, now, now you are now you are into the action. And but again, that's, that's going to come back to my, to my kind of where I started, which was then your role Mm-hmm. As a church, as a uh, as a as a pastoral leader, your role in the community isn't yeah. that isn't that doesn't that require action? It does, but that's always secondary. Okay, the first and foremost is always who are you and what is that identity, and then the second is so how do you live that out? And that and and so maybe I just did a really long theological dance around what you were trying to get at. I'm sorry, but well, look, uh, they're all theological dances. <laughs> Uh, but I, but I think the, but I think the important thing is, 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 is self-discovery. It is finding kind of who you are and what and what works for you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there are multiple denominations, there are multiple ways of being. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say we all kind of have a similar basis for all of that, which is, which is, be nice, be nice, doing to others is. You want done to you, and Jesus said that. Yeah, yeah. You know. The golden rule. Um, I, I am always reminded of of I, you're a little bit younger than me, but okay. I'm always reminded of the old Michael Landon TV show. Um, now I can't remember it. The Angel Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven. And there was an episode. Ned Beatty was the guest star, the great Ned Beatty, nice. and he was a he he was a homeless man, a bum, and he had some mental issues. But all he did, he just kept walking around telling people to be nice. And I will always remember that as just that was the lesson. Just, just, just be nice. Be nice. One can and argue that's, good... that's like ninety percent of sermons, right? Be nice. Right. <laughs> What's your sermon about today? Be nice. God loves you, so be nice. So if I were to 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 come back at you now and say, okay, Hans, <laughs> Pastor Hans, the right Reverend Hans, uh, I'm gonna right. I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna come up with all sorts the wrong of titles. Reverend. Okay. <laughs> Who are you then? Okay, that's a fun question. So I am a sinner. I am also a child of God, simultaneously saint and sinner. I love that about my faith tradition. 
And I love that because it really shows the human condition we are stuck in, but the fact that we've been given grace and it's a beautiful thing. So I, I, I embrace that deep, deep to my bones. So when you ask, who are you? I have many hats. There's many ways you can see me. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a Tigers fan. I'm a Lutheran pastor. That's the center part. There's the, tiger the Tigers fan. fan. Okay, yeah. that's all right. That's all right. And, and you could argue, what is the priority there? Well, it depends on what day of the week and what's going on that week, right? What is the priority? But so the, asking that question is a really fun question. Deep down inside, who are you? And and you talk about your cynical answers. Dude, I am so cynical. Like, you know that about me. Like, I could be so cynical. Well, and, and this is the part where when I when I interview with friends and people I know that, it, that I, it's hard to make sure that we make keep it where everyone else outside can understand where, where we're coming from. Um, is it important for you to have, I guess, is it important for you that when you are, when you are giving lessons, which is really kind of a little bit of what preaching is, you yeah. said you were a teacher too. Yeah. That was part of your role. Is it important to, to impart that, that bit of self-awareness? Absolutely. I mean, cause you just said, I am all of these things. I am sinner. Yeah. I am saint at the same time. Is it is it important? Is that an important lesson? Sure. Is that to be aware of who we are and the different things that we are? Yeah. If we can be more aware of who we are and also our own issues and our own limitations and also our gifts, there would be such a better place, wouldn't it? If we were more self aware of what that is like. I, I yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think at this point now you're talking about empathy and 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 these are all conversations that that dig into the the conversations yeah. we've had on this show and and throughout the community for a long time now. And so I want to I want to then get back to because we now we've we've danced around and we've gone, you know, who are you? What does what does the religion mean and, and all of that? But now let's put it back the prism of looking at the relationship between between you and community. Okay. And the community that the church serves, our nation has a huge history of of churches, Christian churches playing a a role in community, absolutely and community For- growth and development. And I'm actually I said Christian churches, but that's lots of churches. I mean, the, yeah, the Judaism and and we're we're seeing all sorts, yeah, and it takes all sorts. So with that prism, how do you how do you how do you you kind of define the role then of the church with the Lee Summit community and and your role as a oh, leader. Oh man. Yeah. So what's interesting is Lee Summit is in a transition for the last for those who've been here a long time, they see the transition, they see the growth. At least Summit's not what it was twenty years ago. It won't be the same twenty years from now either. We'll have more growth. It will be a different community than it is today. So it's it's really exciting to come into the community from the outside. I have no experience with Kansas City or Missouri really before coming here. I never lived in this area. So coming in from a completely different world place, the the worldview and the culture in California was so different than here. It's beautiful here. It's like stepping back in Mayberry. It's like walking into a Norman Rockwell painting. It's beautiful. But I'm also like, man, this is so different. So my role as pastor is really interesting because I was educated in Berkeley. It was a very different mindset there than what the ministry looks like here in Lee Summit. Um, th- this is very much still a gentrified 1950s Americana place. Um, people only some might not want me to say that, but that's totally what it is. And I, I kind of embrace it though too, because I'm a suburbanite now. Well, okay. So, but define what that means, because I think you're right. Like, I, at first blush, people people might hear that, and that might come off a little offensive to them. Oh, good. Okay, which is fine. But but kind of, I guess I guess really, what do you mean by that? Why why did why is that picture? And it's interesting to me because I've spent my you know my whole life in the Midwest, right? 
what do you what do you mean by that? Why do you why do you say that it's kind of a, a step backward? And not really backward, but back in backward, time. Yeah, back uh, in time. And and I apologize. I, I didn't. I don't want to put it, words in your mouth. That's okay. You can't all the time whenever you want. <laughs> uh, it, so, my experiences in the community um, have really shown that a lot of the mindset and a lot of the things we, we still do in Lee Summit are just the way they've been for the last 50, 60, 100 years. And so people really have not thought too much about, okay, what will it be like now that the community is different? Um, there are pe- plenty of people in the in Lee Summit who do think about that. Like, what will this, now the community is different. What's that mean? Plenty of good businesses here in downtown Lee Summit who are thinking, okay, what do we want for the future? Because it can't be the past, but we get the opportunity to, make it what we so want. I mean, there's a lot of planning that goes on to it. Uh, the reason why I would say it's like a Norman Rockwell painting is we have beautiful public schools. We have wonderful parks. Um, where I lived in California, I would never go to a public park. That might sound kind of weird to people, but I never would step foot into a public park. Um, the rare occasion is there was a really nice park near the library in Burbank, California, but that was a pretty affluent, gentrified area too. So again, it, a little comparable to this, but I love going to the park with my kids and letting them play. I don't have any worries about that. I'm not thinking, okay, somebody's going to break in my car right now. I don't think, oh, what's going on with those teenagers on the bench? Um, and that is very much an image people in Lee Summit want to have. They want to embrace this image of this is a wholesome community for the whole family. And that's lovely. And that's great. But that we also know that if you go around, there are places that that's not the reality in Lee Summit. And a lot of times we want to not acknowledge that reality. We want to, we don't want to acknowledge the poverty in Lee Summit. We don't want to acknowledge the fractured homes in Lee Summit. We don't want to acknowledge, yes, there are deep issues in Lee Summit times. We want to think everything's great. Everything's rosy. And me as the cynic goes, guys, we, we got issues here. <laughs> it's, well, but is that, is that your is, is, is that kind of where you see – we're going to go back to your role – is that kind of where you you see that's part of your role is, is to is to help embrace those not just conversations but but embrace the ability to see those things and then to have the conversation yeah if, if they let me be part of the conversation uh, I say that I, I love the fact that we meet with the mayor the minister alliance and the minister alliance has, has created started a task force if you will uh, to address homelessness in Lee Summit that there is a homeless issue in Lee Summit. And in our congregation, we actually have some woods by our church and, and there are, it's a well-known, I say well-known, but for those who are in part of the homeless community, they do know they can go and they can camp out there. And so we've had homeless encampments in, on the church property. And so I was invited and encouraged to be a part of that conversation with the mayor, with the state police, with the parks department. That would never happen in California. They would never invite the church to be part of that conversation, which I love that they actually welcome the faith community in, partly because it is the church property that that issue is going on in. Right. And so I like the fact that um, I appreciate that we have people in somebody who want to acknowledge, oh, yeah, yeah, we have these issues. Let's work on it. Um, it, it in a lot of ways, it, it feels very much Americana, great suburbia, and, that, and that's a good thing, too. We have great public schools. We have great parks. We have great communities. But we also can acknowledge, okay, there's some issues. And I've been very humbled by the fact I've been invited to participate in those conversations. I love that the mayor is welcome to those voices at the table from the faith community because I know in other places I've lived, they would never welcome that voice at the table. Will the, How will that role change? Because you, you just talked about how 
we're different than we were 20 years mm-hmm. ago. And it's probably going to be, not probably, it will, it will be, be different. It will be different in another 20 years. How does, how do you adapt? How does, how does a church adapt? Because I think we go to, we go to church for tradition. The tradition is, is, is safe, right? That's where the, and the tradition is important. Yeah. The, 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 the rituals, the sacraments, the, the, all of those things, right? And it's a back to our roots. Yeah. That's a big part of it. So how does a church grow and adapt and change? If anyone had that answer, they'd write a series of books, make millions of dollars, and go live on an island in the Caribbean. So I don't well, I have guess, the I guess, I guess There's no right answer for that. But, there isn't. But, but what do you see as a as a church leader? Mm-hmm. As as a, you are one who gets to help shape. Yeah. That. So so how 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 will you do that? Um, or or what do you hope that you'll get to see? Man, so, so just uh, it might sound cliche, but being a faithful servant to what that looks like in the future. So I don't know what that's going to be like. Uh, Keeping the community grounded, keeping that church connected in the community. One of the biggest issues, and I'm afraid this this will happen some in Lee Summit as Lee Summit grows, uh, but we saw it very much so in Kansas City, of as Kansas City grew and as the city changed, as demographics changed, the predominantly white churches stayed in the location when the people around them changed. We don't have Swedes immigrating to the middle of Kansas City in droves like we had in 1920. And so when that happened and the churches lost the connection to the people and community, there's a big gulf there and a big divide. And so the biggest thing is making sure that that gulf and that divide never happens between the congregation and the community here in Lee Summit. Keeping involved, keeping connected. Um, I don't anticipate that happening in the next 20 years, but... Who knows? We don't know what will happen, but keeping the community, so keep, make sure that people, you reach out to the people, you help the people, you serve the people in the community, whether it be through One Good Meal, Lee Summit Social Services. We don't do it for numbers. We do it because we're called to be faithful to what God has called us to, which is to feed the hungry, help the poor, clothe the naked. So in that regard, it's all about being faithful to what God's called us to, but there's a real practical side of it connects you to the community. And we've seen it time and time again when a church loses that when the church loses that connection to the community and then you have people driving in from half an hour away just to attend church and because their grandfather attended that church or because so-and-so used to go to that church or they grew up in that church but they moved over to the kansas side uh it's kind of funny that i can i can name some lutheran churches that that actually happens to and it's still happening i I think i think what you just said though goes goes right back to the very first answer you gave me which is to, to be of service. Yeah, be a servant. To, to, to be a servant for, for the community. And I think that's where we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. And, and I'm going to give a little tease. I, you and I have talked about this, and I hope that uh, here soon yeah. we're going to have some other conversations on this, on this podcast, uh, maybe with some other, some other faith leaders in the community. And we're going we're gonna to talk more about, about the role of church in the community and, and the role of service and how, how things are going to evolve, I guess, is, is, is the right word, maybe. Let's go for it. In, in our community. So, Hans... Thank you very much for, for sitting down with me, telling people a little bit about who you are, how you got here, and uh, how you are going to serve the community. So thank you very much. Thank you, Nick. That will wrap up our show for this week. We will talk to everyone on Monday. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. 
A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link2LeeSummit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall. Mm-hmm.